3: You cannot go anywhere here um, in the Twin Cities. You cannot turn on your television. You cannot listen to the radio. You cannot um, open the newspaper without seeing a political advertisement. I I was watching Nickelodeon with my kids the other day, and they were talking about the importance of voting and asking your parents if they're going to be voting in the upcoming elections. And I was like, Nickelodeon Nickelodeon is. my kids are not old enough to vote they get on my nerves that's the last thing I need for them to be asking me about whether or not I'm going to vote of course I'm going to vote I'll take them with me but you know it's just what we need to do to make sure that folks are informed and you know that's the one thing that Sean and I have always done Um, we take our kids with us to vote Um, and some people say why don't you go early vote Well, the kids are out of school on voting day. And so we take them with us to the ballot box. We let them slide it in. They even get a little sticker that says, I voted. And there's a sense of pride in that. And and they understand as well that um, their grandfather, Papa B, was best friends with um, civil rights leader John Lewis. They've known each other since they were three years old. They grew up in the same town. So he's told them stories about the marches and the protests said so, so that so they understand that but but not all kids have that kind of history. So I'm so excited about what the YMCA of the North is doing. They are teaching kids K through twelve in the schools in Minnesota about voting by holding mock elections. For example, students at Matamita High School will participate in a mock election on Monday, every school that registers for the free program, this is a free program, YMCA of the North is not charging, they get ballot boxes, they get realistic election ballots customized with their choice of offices and ballot questions, and they even get the I Voted sticker. Amy Anderson is here, and I'm so glad that she is. Amy, you guys have done an amazing job engaging our young people about the importance and the power of voting with this mock election program.
4: Thank you so much, Shaletta. It's so fun to be with you, and it was so fun to hear your story about taking your kids uh, to vote because that's great. My parents took me to vote, and that's Mm -hmm. one of the ways that I learned about it, but not every parent does. Not every parent can And so that's why we think that this program is so very, very important. And we're so excited that so many schools are participating to give all those young kids a chance, not young kids, young people across K-12 a chance to learn about voting.
3: And talk to me about the mock election program. So schools sign up to participate. How does that work?
4: That's right. So we actually start recruiting in the spring before we run this program every other year, so for the gubernatorial election and the presidential elections. We start re- recruiting in the spring. We are partnering with the Minnesota Secretary of State's office, and so we work together to reach out to schools and invite them to sign up. Um, some do. Some are very forward-thinking, and they sign up uh, in the spring. Um, many more sign up over the uh, late part of the summer and into the fall. Um, they, they sign up, and once they do, then they're in our uh, database, and we are able to communicate with them on a regular basis then, and give them information both how a teach about the election. And I'm hearing some to, baseball somehow. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm doing it. Is that you or me? I can't tell. But I don't know, girl. To them, and then we're, we're to get talk them information about how to teach the election, and then we also get them on the, on the uh, mailing list to receive those great resources you talked about, ballot boxes, privacy screens, I voted stickers, and customized ballots.
3: You know, and it gives them a sense of pride. What are you seeing from the students who participate in this?
4: Well, so I'll tell you, I spent yesterday at Highland Park Senior High in St. Paul. They were running their mock election yesterday and Monday. They're actually closed on Election Day, just like your kids are out of yeah. school.
3: Uh-huh.
4: Um, and it was it was fun. I've seen this before. This is my fourth election uh, of in this program. Um, uh-huh. But each time I do it, the kids come through, and the kids, there's an excitement. There's a buzz. They're waiting in line, you know, just like the adults in our world. All we hear about, like you said, is the election right now. Kids are hearing about that, too. And so to be given a chance to participate in this actual authentic uh, activity that the rest of the world is participating in is, is really uh, important to them. It makes them so – they're ready for this, right? They want to not just sit back and, and listen. They're ready to participate. And this gives them a chance to feel what it's going to feel like when they turn 18, and they can go to the polling places and, and cast an actual ballot.
3: And, you know, it gives them a sense of belonging. Um, You know, because they're seeing it, they're hearing about it, but they can't participate. This gives our kids. What the YMCA of the North is doing by holding these mock elections is giving our kids an opportunity to participate in something that's going to be important for them for years and years and years to come for the rest of their lives. Well, and what we know
4: is that one of the reasons young people don't vote is that they say they feel intimidated by the process. None of us like to oh. feel dumb when we when we do something, right? None of us like to yeah. show up somewhere and not feel like we know what we're doing. So one of the reasons that we do this is that when we start early and we give them the chance to practice, to see what it's like, and literally our mock elections, we try to follow all the same steps that they follow in the actual polling place. So the kids come in, they sign their name, they get their ballot, they go behind a privacy screen, they cast their ballot, they come back out, they get their I Voted sticker. So they've done that, right? They can go home. They've They've done exactly what an adult is going to do. Then we know that by research, if they practice that enough and they show up then and feel confident when they're 18, they are far more likely once they vote when they're 18 to become a lifelong voter. So this is a fun activity, but it's also a really impactful activity for helping to strengthen our democracy.
3: Okay, you just messed me up because I did not even think about the fact that the voting process can feel overwhelming And intimidating. And by you holding these mock elections with these high school students, it empowers them and educates them um, to do something that they might not otherwise do because they feel like, okay, I can't do this. This is too much. There's a lot going on. I don't understand the ballot. Do I circle it? Is it going in the computer? Is it electronic? Uh, Do they need my drivers? You you guys are educating them and breaking down that barrier of I don't know what I'm doing. And they go in knowing, hey, I've done this. The YMCA of the North had mark mark elections. I've done this two or three years. It's no big deal. I didn't even think about that. You don't mess me up. 100%. That is
4: absolutely one of the outcomes of our program. So not only, like you said, it makes kids feel like they're belonging to a very important activity that's happening across our country on Election Day, but it absolutely informs them and hopefully
3: inspires them to keep doing this when they get old enough. And you know what? For those kids whose parents don't vote, or their older siblings don't vote, their aunts or uncles don't vote. When they go to school and they participate in these mock elections put on by the YMCA of the North and they come home with their I Voted sticker, it impacts the folks around them who may not be voters, doesn't it?
4: Absolutely. And and one of the things, this program started uh kind of this program started early on with p- taking your kids to the polls like you said like oh, you did with your kids. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. one of the, the one of the things we learned is that again not all parents do that and so this mm-hmm. way we get every young person the chance to experience that and then we find that they do go home you said your kids bugged you a little bit they do go home and they say hey, a lot they bug me a lot bit hey yes, mom and dad <laughs> i voted today look i got my sticker are you going to go vote So we can see this having a ripple impact in communities where there's voter voter turnout we can get the kids engaged when they're not cynical, when they're excited about this. They go home and they encourage their parents to go. It's a it's a beautiful sort of way to, to turn that around and have the, the young people in this generation helping to encourage their, their folks to stay engaged.
3: Well, I can't thank you enough for what you are doing. Um, and and I know that these kids are going to be better because of it. You know, this is just one of the things that um, the YMCA of the North does for our young people. You know, the one thing that I used to look forward to as a kid was the model you in. you know, coming together and, you know, representing a country and finding out everything that I needed to know about that country. You know, a lot of times Amy, we're talking to Amy Anderson with the YMCA of the North. When people think about YMCA, they think working out They think exercising, they think swimming classes, and they think maybe some after-school care for the kids. But the YMCA of the North does so much more than that. We're talking about educating and empowering our young people with this program uh, so that they can understand how the political system and social circles work, right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I would say is that the one of the unique niches we have is that we are about well-being of a community. So that does include the recreation stuff you talked about the health and the child care, it also includes the civic well-being, right, the civic health of a community and how that is. And so we really believe that that fits very, very well into our mission and and are excited to have that as be part of the outreach that we're doing to help strengthen communities on all fronts.
3: Amy Anderson, you and your team at the YMCA of the North, I just I can't thank you enough for everything you are doing to raise a new generation of young people because at some point, whether they vote or are voted for, um, these young people will be a part of the political process. So God bless you. We shall thank you because I know that's a lot of work, and it ain't easy coming together. Well, it is, and i got
4: to put a little plug in. So there are three more than 300 schools signed up to do this. So I want to put a plug into the, into the schools. You mentioned Montemita, and that's a personal favorite because that is where my kids go. But, okay. Um, we also have 300 schools across the state doing this. Wow. So thanks to the teachers and the administrators who said yes, who signed up, who are putting themselves out to help make this opportunity happen for the kids. Um, and we are going to be running the vote totals just like the adults on on the on, on Tuesday. So watch them come in. Over 100,000 100, young people are going to cast a ballot on or before Election Day. So their voices will be heard as well.
3: Oh, girl, I just love it. I love the work you're doing. Thank you so much for being on the Shaletta Show. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. It was a pleasure. All right. You all stick around. We've got more to come. Call from Mom. Answer it It is 1223. You are listening to News Talk 830 WCCO Radio. It is a Shaletta show. It is sponsored by Otto Bremer Trust. My name is Shaletta Brandage and I'm the host of the show. Joining me in a few minutes will be my friend Chad Hartman. You all do not want to miss this. You know, every Friday I'm on his show for Feisty Friday and we get on and we cut up and we talk about one thing or another. And it's always a good time. And sometimes he pushes me. Sometimes I pushes him. Um, but yesterday I I wanted to share something with him and, and, uh, I decided not to. Um, and, and then I, after I didn't share it and I got off the air, I thought against it. So he's going to join me. I have a very personal story that I'm going to share with you and my friend Chad Hartman. So that's coming up at 1235. You don't want to miss it. But there was a story on CNN where, uh, some black voters were, Going to put their absentee ballots in the box to black women, um, not not elderly, but definitely over fifty-five. Okay, they weren't in eighty-eight and eighty-nine. They may have been like sixty-two, sixty-three, sixty-four years old. Um, and they were talking about how, um, it's hard for me to say this. Uh, they were being intimidated. Truck was driving around them. Guy was honking. They are being real brash, real loud. Um, and and they were afraid to cast their ballots. And, and you know, every time I vote I cry. Right? Because I think I'm standing in line behind a white guy and in front of a white woman and I've got my kids with me. And there are no Klansmen out in the parking lot waiting on me. When I go to my house after I vote, that's not a um, cross burning in my yard, but but a lot of people died. Fannie Lou Hamer um, sacrificed her life. John Lewis was beaten within an inch of his life, so that I could have this right and this privilege. And it is always emotional for me, and it is not lost on me that somebody paid the sacrifice. Some of them, the ultimate sacrifice, so that I could make a decision about which person I think is suitable for office. So I had to talk to Secretary of State Steve Simon because I need to know what my rights are um, because I, I haven't had to wonder if somebody approaches me, if I feel threatened, if, if my kids feel threatened, um, if, if, if something's going on and, and it looks suspicious, what in the hell do I do? So he is joining me now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Secretary of State Simon, thank you so much for being on the Shaletta Show.
5: Hey, it is fantastic to be with you. Thank you so much for having me.
3: And, you know, I know you got a million and one things going on. You're trying to make sure to preserve the integrity of our elections. You're answering questions from anxious voters and first-time voters. Um, You're trying to, because everything is new. You know, with the redistricting and folks uh, voting for people that they've never heard of who, you know, weren't candidates a year before that. And so now that they're finally looking at their ballots, they're calling you like, what happened to so-and-so? He's not in your district anymore. And who is so-and-so? That's the new person that you can vote for in your district. And and this is just another layer, and I'm I'm sorry to put it on you, but I don't know who else to call. But if I'm standing in line and I feel threatened or somebody is doing something untoward, Toward me and my kids as I go to cast my ballot, what do I do? Who do I call? What's my recourse? Okay.
5: Let me just say, and I heard your lead in as I was on hold waiting to go on, and I want to make this crystal clear, crystal. There is zero tolerance in the state of Minnesota, and I mean zero, for anyone intimidating another voter. I don't care what party you are. I don't care what your viewpoint is. don't care your zip code. It's not happening. And our laws, fortunately, are very good on that. But we got to make sure people have the resources. So the first thing I would say to you or anybody is mm-hmm. if someone's intimidating you. If someone's making noises. If it's surveillance outside, the things you were talking about, as I heard you say. First thing is you can call lo- local law enforcement if you wish. Okay. Some people don't want to. The other thing is tell the election judges who are running the polling place. They are trained to okay. look at this stuff. They are trained to report it. We make sure that they know where to call their local law enforcement, the sheriff, police department, whatever, if someone is engaging this behavior. So tell someone at your polling place, uh, whatever the facility is, tell the head judge or any of the election judges. And I would also give folks our number, our toll-free number. We have a call center even today, Saturday, that's up and running. So even if people are voting absentee today or any day of the week between now and Tuesday, and that number is 877. 877- six zero zero vote that's eight seven seven six zero zero v-o-t-e dial that up and we can connect someone with those resources zero tolerance we have come too far we have worked too hard yeah minnesota has something to lose look we're the top state in the country for voter turnout
3: always always in the top five always
5: and 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 the last three elections we've been number one and i'm not saying that's not room for improvement of course there is but like I don't care who you are. I don't care what the politics of the zip code is. Zero tolerance.
3: Okay. Because, you know, I, I just, I never had to think about it. And when I thought about it, I was like, I don't know what to do. I I literally, it's never happened to me. It's never happened to anybody that I know about in my generation. You know, I've heard stories from, you know, my father-in-law, you know, when he was with his friend, John Lewis, at some of these marches and you know, what his friend has told him that he experienced. He shared that with his children. and, and, And when he came to live with us, he shared them with my children and they sat at his feet and they learned about this. And I thought, well, we will never have to experience anything like this again. And I'm so glad that I wasn't alive to see this. And I'm so glad and, and, and grateful to the ancestors who paid a sacrifice and, and a price for me to have this freedom. And now here we are. And so I just I, I'm just so um glad that you took a moment to come and chat with me because I needed to know what to do because I, I was just at a loss seeing these women seeing um, the pain in their faces, hearing them talk about what happened with these men. And that's the thing. You know, if you are a black woman and you are in this space um, and you don't have anybody with you, like I would be there with my kids maybe by myself. Yep. And if I'm being right. intimidated or something crazy happens, I, I just need a, a plan of action. So the first thing is call the local authorities. The second thing is if you don't feel comfortable calling the local authorities, let the election. Now, is the election judge anybody that is working or is there one person who is the election judge?
5: No, it's anybody who's staffing the polling place. They all have gone through mandatory training and this is part of the training.
3: Okay. All right. Okay. And and if I still feel like I'm just gonna retreat, I mean, you know, sometimes you feel like it's safer for me to remove myself from the situation. So if I just leave and go to the car, I can call eight seven seven six hundred vote V O T E. And then I, I'm 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 out of harm's way. I'm in the car. May even just drive on home because your polling place ain't gonna be too far from your house. Because the thing that I don't want to happen to people that happened to these ladies is they they kept trying to go to the ballot. They kept trying to put their ballot in the box. And I was just thinking, oh my God, I just wish they could have gotten away. But they were so determined to get you know th- those forms, that ballot in that absentee voting box. Uh, but I was just afraid for their safety and just even hearing their story. So, you know, the third option, I really appreciate that there is a 877 number that people can call. If you feel like you have to remove yourself from that situation, don't stick around. Um, You can leave and make that call, right?
5: Exactly right. And look, we've had a good record. Like you said, I'm glad to hear in Minnesota, you haven't experienced this and most people don't. I have to say I've gotten a lot of questions after the last few days about what's going on in Arizona with people in you know, uh, combat gear or or fatigues, uh, patrolling with masks around election drop boxes. And I've gotten a lot of reporter questions saying, hey, are we seeing that in Minnesota? The answer is no, we aren't. But thank you. Yes. But to your point, you just never know who's going to take something in their own hands. And but we've got a good system for that. And it's part (sighs) of the reason that we're number one.
3: Well, thank you for the work that you've done. I feel a lot safer. I appreciate you giving me and all of my listeners a three-point plan. I'm in North Minneapolis today um, at a Medicare open enrollment workshop for the people in my community, and I'm definitely going to be sharing this with you. Secretary of State Steve Simon, thank you so much for joining me on the Shaletta Show.
5: My pleasure, and thanks for talking about this stuff.
3: All right, and you all sticking around, uh, uh, you don't want to miss this next segment because I'm going to be talking about some stuff. It's going to be hard to hear, but if you are white and you follow me, you listen to me, you bought my baby's books, you are faithful to my show, Linnea and Brenda and Tom, and you, you know, you don't miss me on Twin Cities Live. I need you to hear this next segment because I'm going to need your help to fix this problem. We'll be right back. You know, every Friday I am on with Chad Hartman at 105 for Feisty Friday. And I get all geared up and I get mad about something. We tumble and rustle and, you know, sometimes we waltz, sometimes we kickbox. It just depends on what news of the day is, you know. And we were having so much fun making fun of our friend Blois Olsen. That I didn't share with Chad what had happened to his boy, Andrew. Because y'all know how Chad is. Okay, Chad is not an ally. He is an accomplice. The reason that I have this show is because Chad went in the boss's office and, like, threw over a couple of tables and broke a couple of lamps and was like, we need more diverse voices on this show. Give this girl an opportunity. Um, you know, and he has allowed me to fill in on his show so that I can have some practice. Before I got this opportunity, and he has always been an advocate for me, and he has always been like an uncle to my kids. And when we say "Black Lives Matter," we're not talking about an organization with a board of directors and you know, donations. We're talking about lives, people who are black. So if you are my white friend, um, if you are my white listener. Uh, you download my podcast. You buy my kids books. You follow me on social media. I need you to listen to this next set. Because this is all about my black son's life mattering. And the reason I didn't tell this to Chad Hartman is because it would have messed up the rest of his show. He wouldn't have been able to focus. If he had even stayed at the radio station, he might have immediately left and come out to Cottage Grove to open a can of whoop butt on somebody. Um, Chad is joining me now. Hey, Chad.
0: Hello, Shaletta. How are
3: you? I'm okay. I I was a little upset for Feisty Friday yesterday. I'm glad you couldn't pick up on it. I'm glad you had some talking topics because if you had said what's on your mind, I would have broke all the way down. So you've been talking about Andrew getting a car and driving. So I took him over to the Cottage Grove DMV. He had gone through the little training in a safe way. He was ready. He said, Mom, I'm going to go over and I'm going to take my test, my permit test. I said, okay, well, go after school. This was Thursday. Go after school and take your permit test. Ride your bike up there. Okay. Mm -hmm. I said, now, remember, you need a real license and a real Social Security card, not the copy. Well, you know, he wasn't really listening. He like his mom. I don't listen. You know, he wasn't listening. So he calls <laughs> me and says, Mom, I need my real birth certificate and my real license. I was like, yeah, I, I told you that already. And he was like, no, I thought you said I could make a copy. Okay, whatever. We're on the way. So I got all the kids in the van, and we head over to the DMV in Cottage Grove. And there's a line. Out the door, you know, because it's close to closing time. It's after school. Yep. And, and so sure. I didn't want Andrew to get out of line, um, and they had to get to the end of the line. So as I was pulling in and I saw the line outside the door, I just kind of toot-toot, and I, you know, I was telling him, hey, just stay in line. You know, I'll come out and give you your stuff. Well, this gentleman, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no big deal. And it wasn't like a dung thung. It was like a toot toot. And I raised my window down and told him, just kind of stay in line. He got it. He got back in line. He understood. And so I was getting ready to go park. And this man, um, apparently with all the people that were out there, thought I was tooting at him. So he gives me the finger. Hmm. And he starts cussing. In front of God and all my kids. And I said, well, you know, he thought I was tooting at him. Now, my son has to be in this very tiny DMV with this angry man who thinks that his mother is blowing at him. Let me explain to the man that I wasn't blowing at him, that I was tooting at my son. And so when the man got out of his car, I got out of my car. And I was taking Andrew's stuff, and I said, "Hey, sir, I'm so sorry. You thought I was tooting at you. I was tooting at my son because he was gonna get out of line, and so he shoots me the finger again." And so you everybody gave him this
0: explanation, and he still gives you the finger.
3: He still gives me the finger. He still gives me the finger, and he tells me um, some some choice cuss words. And front of oh, Andrew and the kids and everything, and everybody he was with thought it was funny and they were just laughing and stuff and so in that moment Chad and Andrew had been studying um for this test he had been looking forward to it and I said son we have to go and I said we have to get out of here because we're not safe I said if you go in there and you scratch your head too hard or you put your hand in your pocket or you cough or you look at this man and smile um he's gonna be He's gonna be in a in in a in a mode and a mindset that you you could be in danger and and you don't get it, you don't understand it, you think it's okay, yeah, but you've right. gotta get in the car, so Chad, you should have seen us, we were shoving the bike in the van because I don't have a bike rack so it wasn't like we could just easily put it up. We had to fold chairs over and uh, you know, move kids around and somebody was sitting on the floor. And we were just trying to get out of there as quickly as we could. My heart was beating fast. Sean, you know, is you know, she he, he's out of town. His nephew passed away suddenly, so he's in Atlanta. I called him on the cell phone. and and, and this is so similar to what so many other African American young men have gone through. Um, You know, I called Sean on the cell phone. I said, I got to put you on the speaker because I don't know what's about to happen and I need a witness. You know, mm. and, and so Andrew was so yeah. confused. He was like, can we just go back? Maybe the man's not there anymore. I said, son, it is not safe until you have a man with you because mama can't do anything with three special needs kids. This man has cursed me. He has shot us the finger twice and you are not. And, and you know, right now the movie Teal is out. And I was talking to Deborah Watts. That's her cousin. Emmett Till is her cousin. She lives here in the Twin Cities. She runs the Emmett Till Foundation. And I told her, I can't see the movie yet, Chad, because even though Emmett Till was killed in 1955, in 2022, black mamas are still living that fear that if their son steps out of line in the wrong place at the right time, they will die.
0: Well, I hate this story for so many reasons. Um, first of all, I feel horrible for Andrew, that he's doing the right thing, and he wants to just keep advancing. He wants to do this. He did absolutely positively nothing wrong. You know what I think all your kids, Andrew handles himself so well. He's mm-hmm. so incredibly respectful to his family and to all the challenges you guys face. Then – I've talked about this before, too. People feel like they could give the finger like it's no big deal. And I hit the horn. I am a horn. Oh, my God. You are with me. That's why I joked about what we all should have. is like a screen at the front of our car to explain (laughs) what this horn meant. So there's no confusion because you're just hitting the horn. Hey, Andrew, just hang here. Stay here. This guy has nothing to do with it. What infuriates me the most is you then explain to him, hey, no confusion. They said nothing to you with my son, and he still did it. And then that this buffoon would feel like he should get his the other people with him,
3: mm-hmm.
0: his, his crew, his, whoever he's with. And they think it's funny when they end up ruining the plans for Andrew and your entire family. It's yeah. uh, it's awful, and sadly, this happens way more than it should.
3: And and this is the scary part: the crew was in line right in front of Andrew. And and Chad, I had to think and thank God because what if he had brought his birth certificate, and I hadn't had to come up there? You know, what would the situation had been then? Um, this man was angry before he got in the parking lot. Um, you know, he had issues, and apparently, he surrounded himself with people. Who are like-minded. Because, you know, if I'm out and about and somebody with me is acting a fool, I'm going to pull them to the side. Hey, hey, you know, what you're doing ain't right. And you need to go apologize to that young lady. You need to go apologize to that woman. She's somebody's mother. You got a mother. Would you want somebody to talk to your mother like that? No, you need to. No, this is not funny. You She's trying to explain that to you. Dude, you're out of line. You know, and that's when the advocacy, that's when the allyship steps in. That's when I need, you know, white folks to to say something. Don't continue to let this happen. When we say Black Lives Matter, I talk about my son. I don't want to march for justice for my son, Chad. I want him to march in his college graduation. Yeah, right. I, I don't I don't want to be out there asking you and Adam and Dan and Carrie uh, and, and Rusty Ray and Steve Simpson if y'all coming to the protest. Y'all going to come to the protest because cause I'm trying to get justice for Andrew, that man that shot him up at the Cottage Grove. I want to call y'all and say, hey, we have an open house for Andrew's college graduation. Y'all coming? That's what I want to call for. I don't want to call for the other thing, Chad.
0: How is that, Andrew, today, and if you thought about if you're going to go back to the same place, or maybe go somewhere else so you don't happen to run into this individual again?
3: Yeah. Um, Sean's back in town. I told him we would have to wait for his dad to get back. I wasn't comfortable dragging him and all the kids up there. Um, you know, you were an option. But Sean came back. When Sean found out what happened, he he was just he was so helpless to Chad. Uh I mean, all he could do on the phone was hit his man cussing out his ex-wife in front of all his kids. He just he got on the he got on the next thing smoking and hurry up and got back to Minnesota. Um, So there's another place in Hastings. um, And so Sean is going to um, take Andrew. Um, They're going to just do it during business hours so it's not too busy. So he's just going to probably check him out of school, take him over there, let him, you know, take his test, and then, um, you know, then we'll be done with it. But we're not going back to that other place.
0: Well, this is part of what's going on, too, with our society. And I I say this a lot. I I have no problem when people have uh, strong opinions on uh, different points of life. And it can get passionate, okay? But there's also just common decency. There is respect. There's the willingness to say, oh, okay, I thought this was at me. My mistake. No big deal. You know, good luck to your son. But people are so comfortable now, just part of my language, being jackasses and feeling like they can do this. And especially if they're surrounded by a few of their friends, it empowers them for no reason. Sometimes people need to take a long look in the mirror and say, what am I doing by doing this? Do I really find this funny? And what sort of effect does it have on others? And sadly, not enough people show the empathy, show a little self-inspection. It might get better because this person is capable of doing the same exact thing if a similar scenario happened today, I'm sure.
3: Yeah. And I'm sorry for not telling you, but I knew that if I yeah. told you as much as you love these kids, your whole show, you yeah, wouldn't have been it would able to kick me, yeah. well, it kicks me off now. Yeah, you wouldn't have been able to focus because you had a whole nother two hours left. So I, I thank you for coming on my show. I thank you for loving all my kids. Um, and, and thank you for listening and being an accomplice um, along this journey with me.
0: It is my pleasure. Can can we blame Carrie somehow for this? Is there any? You know she leaving.
3: You know she leaving. Hey, Did you want know know is her last in with day? This. Don't group It me is in her with last me. day. Let's blame oh. her and then that way her new employer will rescind <laughs> their offer. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> we don't want to go that far. I love, you, Chan, I love
0: and you Chan I love you. Yeah. Uh, she's uh, a
3: all right. Thanks for hanging out with me, buddy. I appreciate it.
0: Anytime, Shaletta. You know I'm here. All
3: right. All right. Love you. Peace. Y'all stick around. We got more to come. Now, I don't know how she expects me to run the Shaletta show without her. So in the midst of having an amazing lineup of guests, she brings in the secretary of state so he can answer these questions that I have about what to do if I'm at the voting booth and I feel um, afraid or fearful, uh, then I say, you know what? Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then the next thing I know, John Bream is tweeting out that he's going to be on my show at 120. And you must be sprinkling fairy dust. Because let me tell you something about Mr. John Bream mm-hmm. at the Star Tribune, longtime music columnist and critic. He'll just jump on folks show at the last minute. You have to schedule this man. You have to book with this man. And sometimes it takes two or three days to hear back from him. So I don't know what kind of fairy dust you've got that you sprinkled uh, out into the world. What kind of prayers you prayed. But he is coming on this show at 120. So I can't even wait because he is just absolutely amazing. So thank you, girl, for working your uh, magic. Hello. Hi. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, I'm really excited. It'll be great. I'm glad it, I'm glad it worked out. I am, too. And and folks are following me on social media. I've got a new follower. She says, when John Bream talks, I listen. And I don't know who this person is, Cat Van 0522, but she's got a picture of Prince as her header on uh, Twitter. So she is tuning in specifically for John Bream and and I got to follow. How about that? So, John Bream Honey is already worth his weight in gold. So, he is coming up at 120. And also, Wayside Recovery Center in Minneapolis and St. Louis Park and in St. Paul. They've got a big event coming up Thursday, November 10th at the Music Box Theater in Minneapolis to celebrate recovery and hope for women. And so, we're going to be talking about that as well. So, we've got a jam packed, amazing hour. Featuring the great John Bream right here on the Shaletta Show.